I don't, I don't even have the lapel mic on. I'm just going to stay right here, and, uh, and we're going to study from 2 Timothy tonight. And I'm going to be reading a lot, so I'm just going to stay stationary uh, right here behind the podium and, and try to speak right into the, uh, the mic tonight. I, I, you might want to go ahead and turn to 2 Timothy, and we are going to be reading some passages uh, from there as, as we look at the epistles as we have been doing on Sunday nights for a while now. And, and I actually intend to try to continue this uh, even into January and, and February, looking at the different epistles. But I was thinking of something as I was uh, sitting there on, on the pew. We were talking about Archie and, and how he might, uh, might need a, a little visit or a little something to cheer him up or something. That really applies really to all of our, our shut-ins. And this time of the year is is one of the worst times for a couple of reasons. One is some people uh, get a little depressed during the holidays. It's supposed to be a, a, a happy time and a good time, and it is for most people. But for some people, especially those who are kind of uh, shut in and by themselves most of the times, it can be a little depressing. And more than that, and I was thinking of it because this even affects T.A., it gets dark so early. It, the days are so, are so short now. And, uh, you know, we don't get that vitamin D that, that helps us so much because the sun's just not shining as much as it does uh, the other times of the year. And so uh, uh, another reason for us uh, this time of the year especially, if we can, to look in on our shut-ins, give them a phone call, send them a card, uh, something to, uh, to perk them up. Just a little bit. Second Timothy <clears throat> is written in a different tone than First Timothy, which we studied uh, last Sunday night. And the reason for that is that it is written by a man who knows that his time on this earth is short. Paul knew that, that the Romans were going to take his life uh, very soon, and, and he knew that. Now, it is believed, and this is not actually recorded for us uh, in the Bible, but handed down through the years uh, in history, it is believed that Paul was released the first time after the Roman imprisonment that we read about in the book of Acts, where he appealed to Caesar and made the sea voyage uh, to Rome. We don't know he appealed to Caesar, and, and we don't know exactly what was said or done when when his appeal was heard. But it is believed that he was released that time and went right back to preaching. Preached for a while, and then a few years later was arrested again. And this second arrest was during the persecution of the Emperor Nero. And Nero was, was frankly a monster. A monster. He was, he was such a bad emperor that his own, his own guards actually wound up killing him. They, they murdered him. His own guards did, which tells you something about Nero. But he was very, very hard on the Lord's church, persecuted it greatly. And it was during that time that Paul was arrested for the second time. And it is believed that he was martyred for the cause of Jesus sometime around the year 68. Now... Second Timothy is written during that time as Paul is really awaiting execution and he knows that he is. It, it really is a sad book. And this is how he begins 
his, his second epistle to Timothy. He says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, a beloved son. And I remember one guy who said to me once, he said, did you know, did you know Paul had a son? And I said, I don't believe Paul was even married. And he said, yeah, he had a son named Timothy. Well, Timothy was not his biological son. He was his son in the gospel. No doubt Paul saw him. Uh, he viewed him as a son. And I, I suspect Timothy uh, saw Paul as a father figure. And so they had that kind of relationship, not, not his biological son. Grace and mercy and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day. This is personal. Paul is writing to a young preacher that he loves very much, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Timothy had some good examples and some good teaching at home. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. He's facing death here but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has called, saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which he has given to us in Christ Jesus before time Began. And down in verse 12 he says, For this reason I also suffer these things. He is, he is in jail and he's looking at death between the eyes. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. And so Paul Paul is encouraging uh, Timothy here. He, he, Timothy knows the situation that Paul is in, and, and he's trying to tell Timothy, don't, don't, don't be ashamed and, and don't be afraid because of, of what is happening to me. Yes, I'm facing death, but you have to continue to work hard and, and continue to preach and teach the gospel. That's the spirit and the attitude that he had, even as he himself was facing death. And he encourages Timothy to remain faithful through this, through this persecution and continue to fight for the gospel. He even refers to him as a soldier. In chapter 2, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Uh, things are not going well now. We're being persecuted, but you've got to hang in there. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You, therefore, must endure hardship as a 
good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. You've got to do this the right way, Timothy. The hard-working farmer must be first to partake of the crops. Consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, for which I suffer trouble as an evildoer, although that was the claim Paul had done nothing wrong, even to the point of change. But the word of God is not changed. Therefore, I endure all things for the sake of the elect, for the church, for, for Christians, that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Now going down to verse 15. Still giving instruction to Timothy here. He says, be diligent to present yourself approved to God. You've got to work at this now. It takes some effort. A worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I've always thought that's a very important uh, passage there because so many people in our day do not rightly divide the word. In order to truly rightly divide it, you really have to study it and get the big picture. You've heard me talk so much about, about the big picture. You've got to see everything that God teaches us in His Word. We, we can't cherry-pick the passages that we want. We can't just focus on uh, one particular book or one particular chapter or verse. we got to look at the big picture and rightly divide the Word of Truth. Many people, even in our day, do not understand the difference in the Old and the New Testament. One of the, the absolute basic necessities to understand God's Word. You've got to know the difference between the old and the new. And many people do not. It is important that we rightly divide the Word. He goes on and says, Shun profane and, and idle babblings. They will increase to more ungodliness. We could meet here on Wednesday night and, and start having a discussion and and go on and on about something that there really is no answer for, and spend weeks talking about something that the Bible just doesn't tell us. And so there, there's, there's no sense in that, because it will only cause problems. We'll disagree. We'll disagree over things. I, I think about the book of Revelation. A very wise man, a very good preacher, he and I don't see the book of Revelation the same way. And, and I'm convinced that it was written in a, in a code, and, and, and John wrote it in such a way that his readers would understand. But for us, it, it's a little bit more difficult figuring out the time frame, just what all of those symbols actually do represent in the book of Revelation. And, and I'll be the first to acknowledge that I cannot say with 100% certainty what those symbols are. I have my own ideas, and this... Brother, I'm talking about, he's a good man. We just don't see it the same way. And for he and I to get together in the same Sunday school class and argue and debate over things that we just can't prove, 
would just be a, a, a waste uh, of time. And so he says, they will just increase to more ungodliness. It will just cause problems. And their message will spread like cancer. It, it can be a bad thing. Hymenaeus and, and Philetus are of this sort, who have strayed concerning the truth, saying that the resurrection is already past, and they overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands, having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. And so, Paul, just trying to to encourage Timothy. And I, I'm certain Paul is afraid here that he's never actually going to get to talk to Timothy again. He's hoping that Timothy can hurry and get to where he is, but he might not make it. And so he, he's trying to make sure that he, that he emphasizes all of these things to, to Timothy. Just good advice. This is what you need to do to help hold the church together after my decease. In chapter 3, we begin to see just how bad it was going to get. This, this, is not a, this is not a pretty picture at all, but this is what Timothy is going to be facing. Know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, and unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, he says, despisers of good. I'm sorry to say it sounds like the 21st century. Traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God. Having, having a form of godliness, most people, at least where we live, they, they will acknowledge God and even Jesus Christ, but they're not practicing, having a form of godliness, but denying his power. And from such people turn away. And then down in verse 13, he continues. Evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse. It, it's, just going to get, it's just going to get harder and harder, Timothy, and I'm not going to be there to help you deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. The next couple of verses tell us how we got the Bible and where it came from. And, and, and these two verses, for me, are why I just, I just focus on the Bible. I, I'm sure you've noticed uh, this morning the classic example. Uh, you may have left here thinking, well, that was a pretty good lesson, but T.A. used too many scriptures. Well, I know I used a lot of them, but I believe in focusing on God's Word, and this is why. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine and for reproof and for correction and for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete. Everything that we need is here, thoroughly equipped for every good work. What, what we need to preach and teach 
the gospel, to teach God's word, to make it to heaven, is included in this book. And yes, T.A. focuses on this. I, I always say I'm not a lecturer. I'm a gospel preacher. And if you're going to preach the gospel, you've got to use this thing. And those two verses that we just read tell me that that's what I should do. And so he writes, knowing that his time is short, and this is, these are his, his instructions in, in chapter 4 as he, as he nears the end of this letter. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. What does he tell Timothy to do? Preach the word. Preach the word. Now, that, that's what we need to do. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince and rebuke and, and, and exhort. If, if necessary, a rebuke might be needed with all long-suffering and, and, and teaching. Got to stay at it. For the time will come. They will not endure sound doctrine. They, they don't want to hear you, Timothy. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers who are just going to tell them whatever they want to hear. Do we not see that today? They will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned to fables. But you be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions, the persecution of Nero and the Romans. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. And this is the passage that I used this morning. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering. The time of my departure is at hand. He knew it. I fought a good fight. I finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. If we will just continue to practice God's word and, and do it the right way, then, then we can say just as Paul did. Yeah, yes, I, I'm, I might be looking death right between the eyes. And, and folks, we, we, we don't know how much longer we have here upon this earth. But if we have made the proper preparation as we preached about this morning, like Paul, we can face it unafraid, looking for our eternal reward. I, did you notice verse 9? Be diligent to come to me quickly. Paul didn't know how much time that he had left. I have, I have wondered many times whenever we look at 2 Timothy or I think about 2 Timothy, I wonder if Timothy made it. I wonder if he got there and got a chance to see Paul and, and be there to comfort him as he, as he faced execution. It is believed that Paul... Paul lost his life in what was the, the, really the common form of execution of the Romans. And that was beheading. And it is likely that that is how Paul lost his life. And I have, I have said and thought about it and sometimes teared up thinking to myself, man, I hope Timothy got there. 
beginning in January, my plan is to pick out some more epistles that we will look at. I don't know which one we'll be doing next, but uh, when we get to the first Sunday night in January, uh, we'll try to continue with this same, this same practice on Sunday nights. One thing that I know that the Apostle Paul would tell us is to preach the Word, and that includes the plan of salvation. If you have never obeyed the gospel tonight, then this is a chance for you to do so. If you are willing to repent of your sins, to confess your faith in Jesus Christ as the Son of God, and to be immersed in the waters of baptism for the remission of sins. You can obey the gospel this very night, and we'll help you. Perhaps you have been a Christian at some time in your life. Uh, this morning I mentioned, uh, I went back to 2 Timothy 4 again, and I, and I said, if you can't say what Paul did, that I've fought a good fight, I've finished my course, and I've kept the faith. If you can't say that, then you're not ready to step into eternity. But you can, you can remedy that situation. If you're willing to repent of those things that caused you to fall away, you can ask for the prayers of the faithful and be restored. You can do those things while we stand and sing.